Glory to Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. The story I would like to start this morning, and it's a story that I believe I've shared before, but I think it underlines for us the struggle to understand who God is. There was an army chaplain who was serving in a war, and of course he was called to the front lines and was tending to a soldier who was dying. And as he was tending to the soldier who was, di- who was dying, he was trying to comfort him with words, read a psalm or two. The soldier looked at him with fear and he said, Is God like Jesus Christ? And this shook the chaplain because the chaplain, of course, was responsible for the preaching of the gospel. And this man that was dying before him was a Christian, and yet he was still fraught with fear. He didn't really fully understand, or if he did understand, he was still afraid that there is some kind of God that's beyond Jesus Christ, behind Jesus Christ, maybe something about Jesus Christ that is not the fullness of who God is, like there's a secret, or that what he's experienced of God does not seem to equal what he has found in Jesus Christ. And the problem continues for us to this day. Who is God? Is it the God that we find in Jesus Christ? Is that one that we can trust? Is that one that we can know? The world gives us many definitions of God. If you go through history, the philosophers of Greece have all sorts of definitions of God. A God distant, a God who sustains the world, solves metaphysical problems. We have a God then with the Romans, who it seems the gods that they want to appease is to make sure there's civil order and that they win their wars. We can continue through time of different gods. We ourselves struggle with understanding God because our own experiences have shaped our understanding of God. We even struggle with the various images, metaphors, and stories from Scripture or from lived experience. Maybe a story that our grandmother or grandfather told about us about God that has burned into our hearts, that has sown seeds of fear or seeds of anger even. Unfortunately, the hearts of men are, are hearts that are they're factories that produce idols. They're idol factories. Our fears and our desires and all of the things that we experience constantly interfere with who God is. They put barriers between us and God. This comes down and reconfigures and disturbs and distorts even our most basic interactions with God. When we're in that closet, uh, that metaphorical closet of prayer, with God in the depths of our souls, what do we experience? Do we experience fear? Do we experience shame? 
Do we feel like that we're in that closet and we're in the depths of our souls before God and we just want to hide? Do we want to distort God? Some God that we can control, that we can even use to abuse, or that we think somehow abuses us. Our hearts are factories which produce idols continuously, destroying, warping our relationship with God. This morning, as we're still in the after feast, uh, the feast of the Dormition of the Theotokos, we also have a commemoration for the image not made with hands. And this is a story that is uh, held within the tradition of the church that's not recounted within the Gospels, but it underlines a basic uh, truth of the gospel. During the ministry of Jesus, this is how the story goes, the ministry of Jesus, there was the king of Edessa, Agbar, who was struck with leprosy. It's kind of like Naaman in the Old Testament. He's struck with leprosy, and he's heard about this prophet in Israel. So he sends a servant to Jesus, and the servant uh, wants Jesus to come to Edessa. Jesus turns to his disciples and says, Do you see this faith? A man all the way in Edessa has just heard. He's never seen me. And he sent this disciple, this, um, sorry, this servant to be able to somehow bring healing. Jesus dictates a letter. This is another fascinating thing about the Gospels. I don't know if you've ever thought about the fact that Jesus never wrote anything. or We do not have anything written from Jesus. We only have the testimony of his disciples. But he also then washed his face and took a cloth and when he drew, dried off of his face, the story goes that his image was then imprinted upon this cloth. He gave the letter and the cloth to the servant, and the servant goes back to Edessa. In Edessa, King Agbar reads the letter. He then takes the cloth that has the image of our Lord on it, and he puts it to his face, and his leprosy is healed. He then, and there's a whole story about how the icon is then, of course, uh, you can see why it's called the icon not made with hands. Uh, It's a divine imprint upon this cloth. You can see also how this would foreshadow the shroud that we have, the Shroud of Turin to this day. But we have that this then becomes a treasured image of our Lord in the city of Edessa. And eventually this feast day is the celebration of the transfer of that icon from Edessa Uh, to Constantinople to be enshrined there in Constantinople. Uh, You might be wondering, what is this icon? If you have ever seen an icon, I don't, actually, when you're walking into the church, uh, right on the left side, the icon of our Lord that is there, that is that image of the icon not made by hands. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God In the face of Jesus Christ. These words from Paul underline for us uh, the depth of what it means to encounter God. In the face of Jesus Christ, we gain knowledge of the glory of God. Whatever our hearts and the idols that we produce, or the fear and the shame, the anger, Whatever distortions, whatever barriers, whatever boundaries have come between us and God, when we contemplate the face of Jesus Christ, we know that there is no God that we know as Christians 
that has not been, uh, has been shown explicitly in the face of Jesus Christ. It is the face of our Lord who cleanses us, corrects us, illumines us, just like it did King Agbar. There is no knowledge of God for a Christian that comes to us outside of the face of Jesus Christ. It is Jesus Christ, his ministry, his life, his love, his death, his burial, resurrection, ascension, and his intercession at the right hand of the Father that shapes all of our understanding of Jesus Christ, of God. There's no, uh, the Father is illumined before us in the face of our Lord. This week, I encourage you, as we all struggle, we struggle in our prayer, we struggle to love, we struggle to understand what God desires for us, we struggle then possibly even with who God is. Is God like Jesus Christ? Or is God someone after me, angry or distant, uncaring, remote? I encourage you to sit for five minutes before an icon of our Lord. To just sit, to just ponder his face, to think about the glory of God that is held within his face. You can remind yourself of his words, that he will never leave us, that he intercedes for us, that he loves us so much that he shed his blood for us. And just look into his eyes, for you peer into the eyes of the Creator, the Redeemer, and the Sanctifier, who will also, as he did for his mother, as we see in the icon before us, take our soul and body up into heaven. Glory to Jesus Christ.